We believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, pre-millennial return of Christ, and we have been said it every Sunday morning and part of the message, Jesus is coming soon. We've seen that this should be a matter of comfort to us. Let not your heart be troubled. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We saw the certainty of it. It will one day suddenly happen, and it will be spectacular. And what a day that's going to be. Then we looked last Sunday at the city of heaven in Roman, uh, sorry, Revelation chapter 4. What John, when he was called up hither, what he saw, and how I believe that uh, we'll be looking at the same things that John saw in that vision. And I praise the Lord for the reunion that's going to take place. I praise the Lord for seeing all my loved ones and my friends. And I'm looking forward to seeing a street of gold and a mansion and a river of life. But when we get there, it's all about the throne. It's all about the Lord. It's all about His praises. And I want to continue these thoughts with comfort and that He's coming in that city of heaven. And today... I want us to look at a comparison, a comparison that God gives us. In Luke chapter number 17, verse number 28, it says, Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded, the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. As it was in the days of Lot. Look over in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter number 2. 2 Peter chapter 2 and in verse number 6. 2 Peter 2 verse number 6. talking about the judgment of God and it says in 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 6 and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes condemning them with an overthrow making them an ensample unto those that are that after should live ungodly and delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. As it was in the days of Lot, a comparison. There's some other scriptures, but we're in a minute going to go to Genesis and read this story. But the Lord said this, that when the Son of Man will be revealed, when these things are going to happen, that this world that we live in is going to be as it was in the days of Lot. And here, in Second Peter, we read a couple things that I think are very important. Lot, according to the Holy Spirit of God, was a righteous man. That's what it says. That this righteous man. I believe Lot, according to this verse... I believe Lot's in heaven today. 
He's a righteous man, and this world vexed his righteous soul, the Bible said. But this righteous man was living in a world of perversion. This righteous man was living in a world of filth. And because of the situation in that world that he lived in, where people just were living their life and buying and selling and eating and drinking and living all according to their flesh, and some absolute wickedness was going on around him, that I believe that, as it's pictured in Peter, as it's pictured in uh, the Gospels, that is, as it was in the days of Lot, it's a picture that we can expect before this event takes place. Before the rapture takes place, we're going to see these things more evident and more evident. But I am thankful for the picture that is that righteous Lot was removed before the judgment of God. The Lord's coming back. And these words are comforting words because we know there will be seven years of tribulation. We know that this world is going to go through a time like it's never seen before. And there have been some dark ages in this world's history. But nothing like what is going to happen. But praise God, we will be removed from that before that takes place. And that's a comforting thought, and that's a wonderful thought. But the Bible says, and we have to consider this this morning. I was uh, praying this week, and on Thursday, uh, the Lord just started uh, to reveal these things and uh, uh, the direction we go. And I, I penned these words on Thursday morning as the word is revealed to me and what I know God wants me to share with you. And I want us to go to Genesis chapter 19 to consider this. As it was in the days of Lot. So Lot obviously is a picture of us. Right? How are you saved today? Say amen. That means you have a righteous soul. Amen? So I believe Lot's a picture of what we're going to find in these last days of way too many people's faith. That doesn't mean everyone's going to be like Lot right before the Lord returns. Because praise God, there was Abraham. Amen. During that whole period, there was Abraham, faithful. We'll talk about him in just a second. But what can we learn? As it was in the days of Lot. I believe the Lord's coming back soon. So I believe when we look across and we see, and I, I'm not talking about, you know, all these false cults and things like that. I'm talking about churches that should know better. Christians that should know better. And I believe we're going to see a lot more Lot in these last days. So let's consider it then. Let's look at Genesis 19 in light of what can we expect from, unfortunately, some believers before the return. Y'all follow me on that thought? You understand where we're going with this? Because as it was in the days of Lot, and his righteous soul was vexed, and he was removed before the judgment fell. So the Lord's coming back. The rapture is going to take place, but I believe Lot is a representation of a lot of believers. And I'm not. I don't pastor every other church out there. It's not my business. But I do pastor you. 
then I want to warn us today that we don't want we don't want to be Lot. We don't want to be Lot. Genesis chapter number nineteen. Before we read the verse, I want us to take a step back in chapter eighteen, and I just want to make this real quick point. There were during these days some praying saints. Some men during these days that took things seriously. Look at verse number 23. Well, let's look at verse number 18. The Lord speaking said, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great, mighty nation, chapter 18, verse number 18, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Abraham, that which he has spoken of him. Those are some pretty powerful words, aren't they? Amen? God said, I know Abraham, that he's going to lead his family right. He's going to command his children right in the way of the Lord. That means this, by the way. There's a way that's right and there's a way that's wrong. And it's so getting overlooked today and there's just mush of Christianity trying to make everything okay. Just do what you feel is right. No, God said there's some things right, there's some things wrong, and it's sin when we disregard what the Word of God says. But praise God, in these days, right before the wrath of God fell, before those days, there were those who were still trying to raise their families, still trying to do right, still knew what the way of the Lord was, still was praying, still was seeking God. They were there. And I believe they're there today to do also. I believe you can look around today and you're going to find people that are still trying to do right. And I want to be one of those. I want to be faithful. You should want to be faithful. Verse number 20, and the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go, now, go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces, these angels, and from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? And I don't think this is a new story to anyone in this, in this auditorium right now, but praise God, in these days, there was some praying saints there were some people who still wanted to do right they had heard the word of God they had heeded the word of God and they were hastening to do the will of God because they knew they were reaching a point of judgment and he began to pray like never before and intercede like never before saying God would you please have mercy we need them today We need them today. A, a people and churches that will hear the word of God and say, I want to do the will. I believe what this book says. And they'll begin to intercede and pray. In other words, Abraham did something. When he heard that judgment was about to come, his heart was stirred. He wanted to do something. Our churches have become very lackadaisical with all these things. We know the Lord's coming back soon. Y'all have Abe in me now for three weeks. The Lord's coming back soon. So who did we tell this week? Who did we pray for this week? Who did we shed a tear over this week? 
How many tracks did we pass out this week? I mean, it's somewhat hypocritical to amen, the Lord's coming back soon and not change anything and do anything about it, right? I want, I want, and I want our church to be like Abraham. We know the Word of God, we believe the Word of God, and we're going to act on the Word of God. Because He's coming back. Praise the Lord, there were people that were faithful, praying saints. Now let's get into chapter 19. Let's look at lots. Keep that in mind. This is not a negative like, oh, we're all going to be sorry Christians before the Lord comes back. There were faithful. Amen? I want to be one of them. All of us are either going to be like Abraham or like Lot. When you leave this place today, you're going to put yourself in one of those categories. I mean, you... I can't, I won't designate that for you. I'll just tell you what the Bible says. But every one of us have to put ourselves in one of these categories. So let's look and see as it was in the days of Lot. I want you to see, first of all, in chapter number eight, I, uh, that Lot, now starting with Lot, that there was pleased saints. Pleased. And by the word pleased, I mean this they're complacent, happy where they are. We're going to read verse 1, 2, and 3 here, but I want you to understand what I'm about to say. Lot was religious, but he was relaxed with the world around him. He was religious, but he kind of gotten used to everything around him. Desensitized to the world around him. Accepting of all the wickedness around him. It says here in verse number 1, it says, And there came two angels to Sodom even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. That was a place of authority. And Lot, seeing them, seeing these angels, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. He recognized that these were spiritual beings. He recognized that there was uh, some spiritual authority here. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. So what's going on? Lot had enough spirituality about him to recognize these men were different. He knew they weren't like the world he was living in. He had enough spirituality about him to know that he wanted to show them some hospitality. He wanted to feed them. He wanted to do some good works. He wanted to put something in front of them, keep them safe. He knew he had this much spirituality. But at the same time, he had enough, he was relaxed enough, had enough of complacency in his life that, that he, he stood at the gate. And love becoming not just part of them, but listen, being part of authority. I'm not saying that he voted for the wickedness, but he didn't speak up against it. And he just had allowed it. He had become permissive about things. He had enough knowledge to do some good works, 
But he had enough carnality in him that he had become complacent with everything around him. He was just glad to know he's going to heaven. He looked around him and he saw the wickedness and he just accepted it. It just was what it was. When Lot first headed towards Sodom, he had to stay. He was looking to be just that direction. Because he didn't want to take his family there. He didn't want to take his people there. Because there was a lot of wickedness there. A lot of, a lot of foul words. A lot of wicked thoughts. A lot of wicked actions. But something happened in the days to follow. He kept getting closer and closer and closer. And where at one time he'd say, no kids, we're not going there because of all that wickedness. Now they're sitting in the middle of it. Some of his children had married into it. And now he's being complacent about everything. And he got desensitized to a wicked world around him. We have a problem today. We become desensitized to this world around us. The world is promoting the same filth that Lot had to live in. And while none of us would say it's right, none of us would say we accept it, it sure doesn't turn our stomach like it used to. We laugh at it, we wink at it, and we've come accepting of it. Not that we agree with it, but you swallowed the lies of the world. They don't be hateful. There's nothing hateful in saying that's sin. There's nothing hateful in that. I mean, stealing is sin. Amen? Immorality is sin. Lying is sin. Sodomy is sin. Why did I become hateful at that last statement? It's all wrong. And I only say it in love because we have become accepting of it. Our entertainment, our life. I mean, we're either Abraham or Lot today. Because we are in the last days. So they become pleased saints. Religious, yeah. Saved, yes. But way too relaxed in a wicked world. Yes. They were not just pleased saints, but they were perverse saints. Look in verse number four. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them, and shut the door after him, and said, I pray you, brethren... That's an issue. Do not so wickedly. Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Now, if that verse doesn't bother you, there's something really wrong in your life. How in the world can Lot get to that place? 
How does Lot get to a place where he's willing to let his own daughters go out and become perverse and be abused by a wicked world and not think a thing about it? Yet, I don't believe there's many Christians standing at doors sending their daughters out to be treated in a way like this. But if you just let them go out and do whatever they want to do and watch whatever they want to watch and talk talk how they want to talk and listen to what they want to listen to and you don't ever speak up and you don't do anything about it, well then lot, you need to wake up. By the way, husbands, why don't you grow a backbone and tell your wife and children to do right too. Lead them. Amen. We're either Abraham or Lot today, right? Amen? That's where we are. And the fact is this. You, you say, well, sodomy, you know, we, it, it isn't, you know. And, but we've gotten to a point we're afraid to speak out against it. And uh, people will mock you if you do take a stand against it. And this message is not about sodomy. I'm about to make another point. Please don't get mad at me, all right? I love you all. Amen. Love you. All right. But my grandpa got mocked big time for saying that women ought not wear pants. And everybody just kind of said, oh. And you say, that's not a big deal. I'm going to tell you something really quick. This transgender thing that's going on, we fed it. I don't think it's wrong. That's fine. I, I don't. That's between you and the Lord. It really doesn't affect my love and adoration of you in any way. I will love you. But I'm telling you to keep this in mind. That they mocked people 30 years ago for preaching that, and now pretty much no one preaches against it. And then open your eyes, please. The transgender stuff that's going around and all of the, the perversions, and you say, you know, well, sodomy's evil. I know, that's what the majority of my grandpa's church said about dress issues. They believed it was evil too. But everyone kept mocking it, and so everybody kept giving in to the mocking, and pretty soon it just became an accepted thing in the church. And if the Lord doesn't return, you're going to see sodomy accepted in the church more and more and more and more and more. God forbid it happen here. And I would like to take everyone that hates all these little holiness issues that we still try to stand for, and I would ask you to please stand in front of your father and your grandfathers and your grandfathers and all of our Baptist forefathers and tell them that they were wrong for the last 2,200 years. Go ahead. You want to run your mouth? And someday, why don't you stand before them and say, hey, sorry, you guys were wrong for 2,000 years. They weren't wrong for 2,000 years. We haven't just discovered new truths in 2023. Amen. We become more carnal in 2023. The fact is this that, you know, you say, well, I'm all for it. I'm all in. I want to be like Abraham. Great. And I know the weather's an issue, but generally speaking, I'll see you tonight. Let's open up our Bible once this week. 
Let's pray. You say, preacher, you're a little harsh today. I believe we're running to the end of the days. I believe the Lord's coming back, and I want to be right. I want our church to be right. That's our whole theme. That's what we've been working for. If you haven't caught on yet, the whole month of January, the Lord is returning. And if you have this, and we're going to look at it next week, we have that hope within us. First John says, it ought to create in us a, a desire to purify ourselves. If you really believe he's coming back. They were perverse saints. Lot was doing things he never thought he'd do. Because he got desensitized to all the things around him. Please do me a favor. Listen to what you're watching. Listen to, you know, bring, bring somebody over and say, hey, look at what I watched on TV. Look at my stuff I'm listening to. If you have to hide it all, something's not right. Perverse saints, number four. There was, praise God, praying saints and pleased, unfortunately, pleased saints and perverse saints, but they were oppressed saints. Verse number nine, this evil crowd said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in, by the way, they didn't refer to him as brethren. That's one of our big issues again in our churches today. We want to count the world buddies. But let me tell you something. The world doesn't consider you their friend. I don't know why we have to bend over backwards to try to make them our best buddy. We just need to do what's right and love people. All right? I'm not saying be rude. Love people. But quit trying to be their buddy. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Amen? Y'all backing up on me. That's all I've told you scripture right there, right? If you can't amen Bible, there's something wrong in your heart. Amen. amen. Our problem is we, and, and it's amazing, the only people ever allowed to, you know, accuse is the carnal. Oh, come on. You're all on social media, half of you, right? Right? I mean, can't believe that church and those people they don't do this they think there's something special i haven't told one of them. i don't care what they do i don't but i care what you do and they can accuse and accuse and accuse and accuse and accuse but we post the verse be holy and now we're you bunch of legalists right that's what we're reading here. Fellow, and he will needs be what? What's the say? Verse number nine. This fellow came to sojourn, and he will needs be what? Listen to him. Newsflash. That's what they're saying about you and me. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore. Pressed saints. 
upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot in the house to them and shut, to the, and shut the door. Verse 11, And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Adults and children were all involved in this wickedness. But here they pressed upon, and I just want to make this quick statement because i got to wrap it soon, all right? But noticed the world accused him of being judgmental. Interesting. But for whatever reason, they were allowed to be the judge. Right? This man thinks he's the judge. We're going to take care of him. So they accused him of being judgmental, which I don't even see that in the scripture. I'm not saying Lot was a good man, but so then they became the judge. But the problem is this. They attacked and hated the judge because there's only one. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and everyone will stand before God at judgment one day. Amen. We that are saved will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we'll give an account with what God's done given to us and how we were stewards. And all the lost will stand before the great white throne judgment. Hear me on this. You will stand before your creator one day. And you will give an account. And the world can holler and accuse everybody of being judgmental. They'll take it upon themselves to be the judge. But everyone will stand before the judge one day. Number five. You see some pushed aside saints. See, what do you mean by that? Obviously, these angels delivered Lot. And the men, verse number 12, said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law which married his daughters and said, Up, get you out of this place for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Lot came and said, hey, judgment's coming. The Lord is going to send judgment. His daughter said, dad. And the son-in-law walked up. And Lot said, please, judgment is coming. They weren't saved. He lost his daughters, by the way. And his sons-in-law said, you're crazy. You're crazy. But son, shut the door. And they were destroyed. As it was in the days of Lot. There's a whole lot of lots. And I hope that God does get our attention. But God forbid that we've gotten so bad and so complacent and so much like the world that when we actually go and go to our sons or go to our daughters or go to our parents or go to our whoever it is that we love and we don't want them to go to hell and we say, listen, friend, brother, the Lord's coming back. <laughs> I've heard things you've said. 
Seriously? I mean, they're going, but the Lord is true. I don't want my neighbors to say, then why didn't you ever go to church? But the Lord's coming back. I heard you cussing just like I do. But the Lord is going to return. Some of our friends, unfortunately, in our Christianity today, they're going to die and go to hell because our music is just like theirs. And our, our entertainment's just like theirs. And we're laughing at all the filth that they're laughing at. And then we wonder and say, hey, listen, I don't want you to go to hell. I'm sure you don't. And you know what they said to those faithful witnesses? Thanks, but no thanks. And we have in this day pushed aside saints. No one wanted to listen to them because why should they? Well, come on, Dad. You were sitting in the gate. Come on, Dad. You saw what I saw. You didn't say nothing about that. You laughed at it. Come on, Dad. Right? And when he did actually speak up, it was like mocking. Whatever. And then we have number six, some perplexed saints. Verse number 15, And when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Verse 16, And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. Hey, it's morning. We got to get out of here. God's judgment is coming. Literally, we're living in the last moments before the judgment. I believe, spiritually speaking, we're there. I'm not saying today's the day, but I'm just telling you, you look around in this world, we're getting there. And they said, we got to get out of here. Was Lot a saved man? Yes. Did Lot know judgment was coming? Yes, he went and warned his daughters and sons-in-law about it, right? And the, the word came and said, it's time to get out of here. And Lot lingered. He lingered. Why would he linger? The only answer is this. Ready? Look at me. This is crazy. He wasn't sure he wanted to leave. Right? He wasn't sure he wanted to leave. Judgment's coming. Let's get out of here. And we may sit there and look and say, how could Lot be so foolish? I believe we live in an age today where there's a lot of people sitting, and I'm sorry, in independent Baptist churches all across the world that are sitting under King James Bible preaching, that are sitting and hearing these things, that if they knew the Lord was coming back today, they'd be a little upset. That's crazy. It's true. If people truly, their spirituality showed. But I've been working. I've been saving for this part of my life. I want this, and I and we always joke about, you know, that young people here always, you know, we always joke when someone's about to get married. Lord's coming back an hour before your wedding. No, right? And they're always, you know, we always joke about that. 
But the reality is this, that a lot of people are so in this world that it would upset them. I just bought a car. Or I could put it this way. The Lord could come back today. Amen? And if you have known sin in your life, you're not getting, getting it right today. You know what you're saying? Well, whoa. Right? Might want to linger a little longer here before I get right. Lot's not such a fool now, is he? Right? We were looking at him like, how could he say that? We've all been guilty. Right? We get so attached to things. We get so involved in things. And we're, we, we become so intertwined with the world. We're kind of having a hard desire to linger a little longer. I'll say it one more time. The Lord's coming back soon. He could come back today. And if there's sin in your life, you need to get it right today. You have perplexed saints. He wasn't even sure what he wanted anymore. And then, and then we'll keep reading in verse number 16. The Lord being merciful unto him. Brought him forth and set him without the city. You had pitied saints. Oh, what a blessing to know that even though we may be torn and we may be carnal, the Lord's still merciful to us. I'm glad He pities us. I'm glad He shows mercy. And someday, even if we sit there, and even if, God forbid, but if it was in our heart, I love the world, I don't want to go to heaven yet, I still want to live for this and this and this, God still says, let me take you by the hand, I'm getting you out of here. I'm thankful for that. Because he knows far better than we do. You say, well, my life's been going the way I want it, and I'm doing okay. That's because you have a very merciful and long-suffering God. But if you don't get right, one day he's going to take your hand. But you've got to close with this last thought, and we're done. Skip all the way down to verse number 25. And he overthrew those cities, and all the plain, and all the inhabitants of the cities, and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Luke chapter 17, we're exhorted by the Lord to remember Lot's wife. Because I believe, and I'm going to say this last statement and we'll pray. Praise God, there was Abraham's. There are praying saints. But as it was in the days of Lot, a righteous man living in his days, there were pleased saints who were just complacent to the world around them perverse saints who have become like the world around them, press saints who are being accused of being judged when their world is judging them and ignoring the judge. There are pushed aside saints who because of our perverseness we are as those that mock. There are perplexed saints that don't even know if they want to go because they really love this world. And praise God, we're all pitied saints and the Lord's been merciful to us. But I'm going to make this last point because I believe it's the state of Lot's wife. Because as far as we know, I don't think Lot was married. I may have studied that again. Lot married when he left Abram. I don't know what he was. But in any case, I'll make this statement. Because it's such a picture of the rapture and God's people being removed before judgment came. 
I believe Lot's wife is a picture of a pretend saint. Because when judgment came, she fell under the wrath just like all the lost. She was around a righteous person. She would have heard some truth. But the problem is this. You can hear it all you want to. You can know the gospel. You can even take me down the Romans road. But if you've never received Christ as your Savior, all you're doing this morning in this church is putting on a show. A lot of people have all kinds of weird testimonies. Heard one person say they knew they were going to heaven because they were sitting there worried about life. And God sent a blue jay that sat on their windsill and it flew away and they knew they were okay. That's not salvation. It's not being saved. Heard someone else say this morning. They were heading down the wrong path and because of sins and stuff, they about died. When they didn't die, they realized there is a God. And I'm going to heaven now. That's not salvation. You see, if Jesus is not in the equation, if sin is not in the equation, We must know that we're a sinner. That Christ died for us and we deserve death and hell. But believe that Jesus paid it all and by faith received the gift of God through Jesus Christ. And I hope there's no pretend saints here. See, but I'm in the right family. So is Lot's wife. But my last name is, so is Lot's wife. Yeah, but we had Bibles. They talked about the Word of God and Lot's family too. I got good family. I got an uncle. So did Lot. Have you received Christ as your Savior? Because I believe, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it also be. And if that was then, then apparently that's what's going on now too. So where do you see yourself? Abraham? Lot? Or God forbid, Lot's wife? Because I think in these last days, we're going to see all three. In churches, Paul told Timothy in these last days you'll see so many have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Timothy from such turn away.